Thanks for joining us today at City Life. We believe today's message will empower you and point you towards Jesus. But remember that church is so much more than a message you listen to. It's a living, breathing community that we invite you to be a part of. We hope to see you on a Sunday morning at City Life, in person or online. Well, I have two stories I want to tell you this morning. You good? Are you good for two stories? The first one, question to start, how many of you have ever been involved in some kind of activity, sport, drama, anything, music, anything, you know, whatever that involves practice? Church online, if that's you, just give us a thumbs up, practice, practice, whatever, you practice, practice. How many of you just love to practice? No. I hate to practice. And um, I hate practice. And when I was in high school, I have told versions of the story before, but I was in band, believe it or not. I was in the percussion section. I have no idea why I, told percu- why I chose percussion. It might have had to do with the cute guy that was back there, or it might have had to do with like an 80s band that had a girl drummer. I thought it was kind of cool. I think one of the bigger reasons was that every, I hated those dorky little instrument cases that you had to carry your ugly instrument. And most instruments involved you know, cleaning spit out of them. And I knew if I played drums, I'm not cleaning spit. And also didn't, and I also thought, well, you know what? These drums are too big. There's no way I'm going to have to practice. Woohoo! Except first day of percussion, first day of band, it's like, you will be required to do practice hours. And I'm like, I don't, I can't take a drum home. And they're like, oh yeah, you can. Here's an ugly, dorky little drum pad. It's about, you know, maybe 10 centimeters in diameter. Here's your sticks. You need to practice your rudiments every night. How many drum people know what those rudiments are? They're like basic rhythms. Yes, you do. I was in marching band. So good. But I never could play one of those. I didn't have enough coordination. So, guess what I did? I didn't practice, because I hate to practice. And I'm also an Enneagram 8, and we don't practice. (laughs) We're not like the ones who like to get it just right. It's like, if we can't do it, we're not gonna do it. So, but story number two. Here's the second thing about high school. I was a straight A student. I'm not saying that to brag. This actually has a point. But I had, in, you know, in a straight A student. So grade 12 year, when you come to the end of the year, what they do is you're getting ready for grad. And at the end of, I don't know if they do that here, but they did this back in the 80s and a long time ago. They would give you your accumulative grades throughout the whole year. It was your GPA. It's like your grade point average. And so coming into the spring and prepping for grad, you'd kind of get all of the grade 12s. They're kind of like getting all the marks tallied a little bit early because they had to figure out who was going to be valedictorian and speak in front of the grad and speak to all the parents that were there. And so guess who was valedictorian? No, my best friend was. She had what was called a perfect 4.0 grade point average. That means straight A's in every subject off their school. Guess what my GPA was? Oh, 3.975. Anybody want to guess where the 0.025? Band practice hours that I never did. (laughs) Here, 
year is my big takeaway from high school. Yes, this is what four years in the school system taught me. No practice, no perfect. And it does relate today. I want to read the verse, Hebrews 6.1. Mike read this last week as we launched this new series, The New F Word. But here we go. Now is the time for us to progress beyond the basic message of Christ and advance into perfection. The foundation has already been laid for us to build upon, turning away from our dead works to embrace faith in God. Everyone say perfection. Online, you can say it to perfection, or you can type it out in the comments feed. Perfection. Now, this idea of perfection, we, it kind of grates against us. But you know what? Mike introduced this idea last week. And the whole idea of perfection that Jesus was talking about, that the writer of this verse in Hebrews that was talking about, that the scriptures say over and over, call us to perfection. Jesus said it quite a few times, be perfect as your Father in heaven is perfect. You are to be perfect. Jesus was calling us to perfection. Now that seems impossible because we know we're not perfect. We are from, but the perfect that this word in the original language meant, it meant a maturity or completeness or wholeness. It meant to flourish in life, which that is the new F word in this series. Look at the person beside you and say, flourish, baby, flourish. I won't do the F you that my husband said last week. It's a little bit too much. You know what? God wants us. God wants us to flourish in life. God wants you and I to flourish. It's what Jesus called the abundant life. And see, the abundant life was a life that was overflowing with the supernatural life of God. That's what Jesus said. I've come to give you life and life more abundantly. And what he was talking about was this supernatural life of God that would be so full. We would be so full. It would overflow. And you know what? God is committed to you and I learning how to live in this supernatural life. That is his commitment to us. God's not committed to making us happy. His commitment is to bringing us into the experience of experiencing the fullness of his supernatural life in us every moment of our existence. It's not for heaven someday it's for today. Everyone say today. Today. God is committed to teaching us how to learn to live this life. It's a life that is beyond just believing in God. You know why? Because I can believe in God and not really know God. See, I can believe in my doctor, but not even really know my doctor. And see, the problem that we Westerners have is when we talk about something like believing, we instantly equate it with an intellectual or an information-based thing. But believing in Scripture, believing the way Jesus taught it, it was a word that involved an intimate knowing. You couldn't believe something without knowing it. In other words, it was a part of you. So the supernatural life God wants to bring us into, it's more than just believing in God. It's actually a life more than being faithful and obeying him. Do you know why? 
Because I can obey God externally. I can look like I'm doing the right thing. I can look like I'm faithful. But it's actually out of fear and not because I'm filled with him. See, the supernatural life is, here's another one. It's a life that's even deeper than friendship with God. Because I can love God. I can say Jesus is my friend. But yet there are hearts, parts of my life and my heart that I keep away from his access. Come on, isn't that true? Think about the people that you love, your family, your friends, the people that you do life with. There are parts of you that you have not given them access to. True? So we do this with our human friends. We do it with God. And see, Jesus described, see, God's goal for you and I is this, is learning how to live in this abundant supernatural life. Jesus described it this way, John 15, 4 and 5, and you can read along on the screen or you can read along in your notes. So you must remain, he said. And actually, you know what? Just a little bit of a prelude to this. When did Jesus say this? When were these words? This was the last message that Jesus preached just to his disciples right on the way to the cross. In fact, there's a lot of scholars that believe just based on the writing, he was actually teaching this to his disciples as they were walking on the road to go to the garden where he was going to pray and then be arrested and taken to the crucifixion. So it was kind of one of these walk-as-you-go messages. And he said, listen, guys, you must remain in life union with me, for I remain in life union with you. For as a branch severed from the vine will not bear fruit, so your life will be fruitless unless you live a life intimately joined to mine. I am the sprouting vine and you're my branches. Look at the person beside you and say, you're a cute little vine. You are a cute little vine. Oh, you need to remain in me. I am the sprouting vine. You're my branches. As you live in union with me as your source, fruitfulness will stream from within you. But when you live separated from me, you are powerless. Now, what kind of fruit was Jesus talking about? Well, two things. He was talking about the fruit of good works. But the fruit of good works that come from the fruit of his spirit in us. And the fruit of the spirit, we discover later when a guy named Paul outlined what it was. He said, the fruit of God's spirit is love, it's joy, it's peace, it's patience, it's kindness, it's goodness, it's gentleness, it's faithfulness, it's self-control. How many of you have ever tried to exercise self-control on the cookies or the chips or the french fries or whatever and only to fail miserably? Have you ever tried really hard? How many of you ever tried really hard to be patient? Yeah, the patience is one of those things, the harder you try, the more you fail at it. Isn't it true? It's just so true. How I many of you ever tried to have joy when day sucks? You're just like, I'm just trying to be joyful, and you just kind of never get there. Because trying, trying, trying doesn't work. And this is why so many Jesus followers, you know, maybe many of us in this room or even you watching online, if you've ever been one of those where you tried to do good and tried to get the right behavior like Mike talked about earlier. It's like, I'm trying to get the right behavior. I'm trying to change my behavior. Only to fall, fail. Why is that? It's because you can't try to live the supernatural life. But I'm going to show you how you can. See, Jesus said, your union with me as your source. 
And yet what he was talking about here is your soul is a vessel that God designed to fill with himself. Your soul is a vessel God designed to be filled with him. So how do we experience this? Because I don't know about you, but more often, a lot of times during the week, the day, whatever, it's easier to fill with, be feel filled with a lot of other stuff. Yes? Filled with anxiety. Filled with frustration. Filled with restlessness. Filled with boredom. Filled with insecurity. Filled with loneliness. And so there's a picture. Again, Mike introduced this last week. This is so good. Here's a picture to help in explaining this a little bit. It's a picture of a trellis. How many of you know what a trellis is? If you didn't, there you go. You might have seen that in your garden or your grandma's garden or your mom's garden or your neighbor's garden thinking, I really like your garden. I need one of those because my plants are all over the place. And see, a trellis is a structure that a gardener will use to train the plant in the direction to grow. Because if certain plants are left on their own, they will take over and kill all the other plants in the garden. They'll become not a good plant. They will become a weed plant. They will get, create a mess. They will just destroy the rest of the garden. And so the trellis is the thing, it's a structure that holds up the vines, the branches, so they can be fruitful. And what's really cool is, I love words. If you're a word person, you just, there's words. See, words, you know, they don't just happen. You know, words come down from, you know, through history and through different, they go through a lot of changes. But this word for trellis, it was the word regula. Or rule and this whole idea of this trellis it became the word picture that the early church developed that became known as a rule of life the regula of life the trellis of life in other words it's a structure that the early church used to help new followers of Jesus and those who were starting to to follow and become what was part of called the way of life the way of following Jesus the early church it's what the early Follow, the leaders would develop, they developed this rule of life as a way for people to train their soul to experience the presence and fullness of God as his transforming work was taking place in their life. So what is a rule of life? Well, it's a structure of pa structure patterns or habits that we practice on a daily or weekly basis to train our soul so it can flourish. It's a way, it's not just habits on having, you know, having some good habits in your life, like getting up and not hitting the snooze button 10 times. You know, it's, it's different than that. They're habits that train our soul so that we can receive, actually not even just so we, could, so we can better recognize the presence of God that is already with us every single day. See, how many of you, honestly, how many of you wake up the moment, the first thought, as soon as your eyes wake up, you're thinking, oh, God is with me. It's so good. Now? We think, of, oh, I shouldn't have slept in. I should have gotten up earlier. I shouldn't have stayed up so late. 
But we need to train ourselves. God's presence is with us every day. And you know what? This is when we practice. There's certain things that we can actually practice to train our soul so it can flourish and we can become the true humans that Jesus died to set us free. And so a lot of what we're going to be looking at over the next couple weeks is from a book called The Common Rule. And you can go to the website. There is a link on, I think it's in the resources section where you can go and you can find the link to The Common Rule book. You can also, and we have some on order. They're hopefully going to be here this week. They will be on sale in Jesus' name by faith next week that you'll be able to get them. But um, the common rule is written by a guy. He was a, he was a lawyer, missionary turned lawyer who had this passion to really bring the, really work and minister and serve God, serve the world with the love of God. He ends up, and his story is really cool. He ends up having, you know, almost like a breakdown and through his own journey, recognizes the way he was living life. He had, he, on, on the outside, he had this structure that was Christian, but in, the, his life didn't look really any different than anybody else's. And so you can check out the common rule, thecommonrule.org. You can go online. There's some great videos. We have developed a group, um, like a group guide that you can go through with a couple friends and go through this book. In fact, I really want to encourage you, even think about now who groups are going to be launching in a couple weeks, groups in real life, but also groups online. If you're watching online because you can't get into physical gathering people, we're going to get some online groups that are going, online groups that are going to be going through this, but maybe Maybe you want to just get a couple friends and let's go through this together. How can we get into training mode together to train our soul to flourish in life? And so we've got resources. We're going to help you. But our soul needs to be trained to flourish. It needs to be trained to learn how to receive and to recognize and respond to God's presence. And see, here's the thing. You already have a rule of life. You, every person in this room already has a rule of life. It just might not be forming your soul in a way that it can flourish. Your rule of life might not be forming your soul in a way that allows you to experience the presence and life and love of God in a very real tangible way. See, your rule of life might go like this. It might involve worry and dread before you get out of bed. How's that for a little poem? That might be your rule of life. As soon as your eyes open, it's just like, oh my, what do I have to do today? What? Oh, I don't want to do that meeting today. I don't want to take that test today. I don't want to do that today. Worry and dread before you get out of bed might be your rule of life. Or maybe your rule of life involves checking social media or news or emails first thing in the morning and then every 10 minutes throughout the day. That might be your rule of life. I wonder what you're training your soul in. Okay, just this is a side note. If you have not seen it already, there's a newly released documentary on Netflix, The Social Dilemma. You want to be like ready to just throw, it's scary. It's written by the top execs of every social media platform, Google, YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Reddit, Pinterest, Twitter, you name it, and it's scary. You are not as free thinking as you think you are. It's, it, this is not conspiracy theory stuff either. Like this is like hardcore facts. It's a little bit freaky. Side note, anyway. Here's another one. What maybe your rule of life is this? Maybe it's just negative and anxious self-talk. 
first thing in the morning and then all throughout the day. Or mindlessly watching YouTube while you're, you know, bored or eating breakfast or maybe playing a few rounds on your favorite game while you're waiting for the bus or waiting for your mom or waiting for your ride to take you wherever. Or maybe your rule of life is responding to every notification as it comes into your phone. All of those things are a rule of life. They're the way we're training us ourselves to do something. So the question isn't, will I be formed? The question is, what is forming me? What is forming? We're being formed. There is no such thing as a neutral activity. There's no such thing as a neutral experience. Everything is forming us. Everything you take in through your eyes, your ears, even what you're, 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 here, you're sensing and you're, everything is forming us in some way. Listen to this. One author, he said, the modern world is a machine of a thousand invisible habits forming us into anxious, busy, and depressed people. We yearn for freedom and peace, but remain addicted to our technology, shackled by our screens and exhausted by our routines. And then he goes on and he's speaking specifically to Jesus followers. He said, most Jesus followers aren't undone by poor theology or lack of biblical information. Instead, we often fail to grow spiritually because we haven't planned and made space for a deep abiding fellowship with God. See, depending on your, you know, stage of life, depending on what your activities are. See, if you're an athlete, you probably have a very diligent routine of practice if you're any good. And that's great. And if you're a corporate person or a business owner or even just one of those, you know, really detailed you know, I like my life organized. We spend a lot of time organizing our day and organizing our families and organizing our life or having a certain structure so that we can do life. And the question we need to ask ourselves is, are we putting as much intention into creating a structure to practice so our soul can flourish? See, we're living in one of two options. We're living in intentional formation or unintentional formation. See, intentional spiritual formation that's forming our spirit, our soul to respond to God. It's, it's where we're taking in truth that reminds us and tells us the true story of life, the true story of who we are and who God is. It's, it's intentional formation is developing and practicing habits that actually orient our heart towards God. It's, it's doing life. It's where we're doing life in community surrounded by people who are kind of like pushing us towards Jesus and not like pulling us away. Intentional spiritual formation is moving through our day connected to the environment of heaven. We just know we're surrounded by the life of God now. See, that's intentional formation, but unintentional formation involves just allowing all these different narratives through media and just through the stuff that we take in, these secular narratives to try to tell us who we are and who we're not. They're habits that we've learned from our dysfunctional upbringing. It's the default environment that we're in. See, that's forming us, and whatever we practice will flourish. 
And so we're going to learn some practices. I'm going to give you some very specific things, some things that I've already started doing. Mike and I have already started doing. Some of our staff and team are already doing, and we hope you're going to get involved as well. But we're going to learn some practices in this series about intentionally building habits and forming habits that will allow us to experience God's love so it can flow through us. See, what these practices are, some of you are like, well, isn't that legalism? Well, no. These practices aren't ways that we earn God's love or get him to accept us or earn his favor or blessing. That is legalism. These are practices that come from love as a way to want to grow in experiencing that love even more. See, they, these aren't, and these practices actually aren't even the way we change ourselves. Do you know you can't do that? See, it's a work of God's spirit that changes and transforms us. See, what these practices are, these practices are the way that we cooperate with the work of God's Spirit. See, when you say, yes, Jesus, I'm gonna follow you. Yes, I want the gift of your salvation in my life. I wanna live free. I wanna stop living for myself. I wanna live for you. See, when we experience salvation, God doesn't just free us and then expect us to kind of figure it out. God actually gives us his Spirit to live in us and the Spirit starts Starts working inside of us and you're like well why isn't he making me more patient then why isn't he making me stop being so angry all the time why isn't the Holy Spirit taking away these evil thoughts <laughs> why isn't he doing that? how many of you ever wanted that God why don't you do this why don't you do this why don't you? you know what the answer is we're not cooperating These spiritual practice, these rule of life is how we cooperate with what the Holy Spirit desires to do so that we're filled with the life of God so that everywhere we go, we are leaking the presence and life of God. It's what Paul talked about. Everywhere you go, the fragrance of the knowledge of God is spread everywhere. See, these practices are the way that we train ourselves to become more aware of God's presence. And you know what? Even a way, they're a way that we push back against the world that's trying to form us in a way that is less human. It's how we clear out stuff in our soul. And so I want to introduce you to two practices today, one daily and one weekly. And these are things that I've started to do that have just been, they literally are, see, here's the thing about these practices. They're little habits. They're little tweaks. They're not like an overhaul, but you practice regularly and they can bring such transformation. Here's the first one. One of the first practices is what's called, this is kneeling prayer, morning afternoon and night kneeling prayer morning afternoon and night kneeling yes <laughs> I, this is what's worked for me here and this one this kneeling prayer, this is starting out your day framing your day in the love of god instead of the default that's usually negativity fear worry stress about the rest of the day. see our words are forming something our words create realities God created the whole world with his words of love. And see, this is how we can frame our day in love. And see, the thing is, you, you're already probably praying prayers when you get up. They're more like morning groans. <laughs> Why did I binge last night on Netflix? <laughs> Why? I shouldn't have watched all three seasons in one setting. 
I should have gone to bed earlier. Why do I have to, you know, fill in the blank? Or I'm really not looking forward to, fill in the blank. Those are our morning prayers. Anybody else say those prayers? I know how easy it is. You know what? But when we choose to frame our morning in the love of God and not legalism. And legalism is where the day hinges on our performance. It's where we frame our work in the love of God which reminds us to work from love to serve others and not for love. And so we learn how to frame our night in God's love because you know what? I know about you, you can get to the end of the day and exhaustion can make you kind of lose some of your inhibitions. Yes, you just don't always make the wisest decisions at night. You have every intention of going to bed early only to flick on the news and then get caught in the rabbit hole. You have every intention to just watch one half an hour episode on Netflix only to binge watch three seasons. Come on. We do this. We're humans. We, we need help. That's why we need to frame our night. So this is how it goes. And there's something powerful. And this is something, I mean, prayer has been a very much a part of my life. But the kneeling part, that was something when, and this again, this is from, this is one of the, this is one of the suggested habits from the common rule. It's so good. And I grew up in a certain type of faith where there was a lot of kneeling, a lot of up and down, a lot of kneeling, a lot of up and down. And I hated the kneeling. I'm like, that is religious. But it's actually not. Because what I've discovered through this is there's something powerful about physically kneeling. It's a physical act that tells your brain there's something different going on here. And see, when I pray, I get down on my knees and I pray and I say, Holy Spirit, I was made for you. I want to live this day surrendered to you. And as I'm praying, my knees are bent. My body is bowed to train my soul, my mind, and my thoughts, my spirit, to remind it to bow itself before you. God, as my body is kneeling, it's training my mind to remember that in all things, God, you are exalted. See, it's training ourselves to do something. And there's, in your notes on the app, there's some there are some prayers that are just simple prayers. This isn't having a one-hour prayer session. We're talking so, and there's mornings where I'll get up and I'm like brushing my teeth and I'm like, I gotta stop because I'm just, I'm disciplined. It's not a laser. It's like I'm training myself. I am practicing. See the difference between trying to be patient and failing? You gotta train to be patient. And training is recognizing this is practice. God's not loving me less or more because I'm doing it or loving me less because I miss it. But I need to train myself. I need to practice. I miss that jump shot. I'm going to do it again. I'm going to do it again. I miss that shot. I miss that save. I'm going to practice it again. I'm going to practice it again. It's practice. Spirit in the morning, I was made for your presence. May this day be one I spend with you and all that I do. And then at night, or during the, during the day, sometimes if I'm working here, I go into one of the bathrooms, I kneel on the floor, and I say, Jesus, there's a lot that's going on, and there's a lot more to do today, but it's yours. Help me to work with you today to serve the people that I love and the people that you love. And then at night, I find another quiet space, and I get down, and I'm like, Heavenly Father, I'm training my soul. I'm going to 
rest in your love. Let my body rest in sleep and let my mind rest in your love. It's a powerful keystone habit. It makes all the others work. But here's a weekly habit. I'll just give it to you really quick. And this is something, again, it, this is a newer one for me because personally I just found there was too much junk developing in my soul and depleting my soul. And I'm not one who watches a lot or gets on. I've, been, I've, I've really become diligent in a lot of my social media habits because I recognize what it was doing to my head. It was taking me into a very depressed, anxious, negative state. And the second one is a weekly thing, and it's a weekly practice of curating your media to an hourly limit. My hourly limit, I'm setting it for myself, it'll be different than yours, but I've set a specific hourly limit, and that means everything. It means Netflix, it means Facebook, it means how many times I'm on Instagram, it means Pinterest, it means everything. And see, stories form us. They form a reality. We become the stories that we embrace, that we live, that we have streaming into us. There's a new thing called streaming stories. It's everything that comes into us on our phones, from our screens, from wherever. And see, stories, they shape our lives because we've been made to live in a story, God's story. But so often the stories around us, they're trying to tell us what the good life is and who we're supposed to be and who God is. And they're trying to, what, what's going on in the world and where the world's going and what it means to be human. And they're not true stories. And we wanna make sure that we're trained in the right stories. And see, if we don't curate, simply means to select. It means to select the best so that we have the best things forming us. Entertainment is not just entertainment. It's forming us. And here's a question to ask yourself. Take an honest look at what YouTube predicts you want to watch or what Instagram thinks you want to look at and then ask yourself, is that who you want to be and who you want to love or what you want to love? And my practice is, I'm practicing, I went to, I love, I have most of my reading is on my Kindle. It makes it so much easier. But I also recognize that screen time is not good for my brain at night. So when I'm about a stack of books that now I've got real hard copy books and I'm reading at night instead of watching, instead of just mindlessly going through stuff. I am training my soul to embrace and resist. Mike expanded on this more last week, but we want I want to embrace what will bring me life what will enable me to experience the presence of God. And I'm going to resist what's draining me, what's forming me in a counterfeit story of reality. See, there is nothing about the human soul that naturally moves to becoming more loving, peaceful, joyful, hope-filled, others-focused. We need to retrain our soul. We need a training program. I want to invite you to stand. I want you to close your eyes online. If you're watching, you know what? Why don't you just get in a new posture? Stand or, you know, do something so you're not just lounging in your bed, watching things. There's something that happens in our minds when we make a physical change in our position. It engages our brain. This is neuroscience stuff. It engages your brain to say something's going to change. I want you to close your eyes and I want, you know, I want to speak first of all to you know, those who have been Jesus followers, and maybe you've been a little bit frustrated and 
trying to follow Jesus, but really been frustrated because all you see is I failed, I failed, I can't get over this, I can't get over this. You know what I want to encourage you to see? We can receive the salvation Jesus has, but we need to retrain our soul. It needs to be trained because it's been trained and practiced really good from living at the center of self. And we want to train it to live from the center of Jesus. And I want to encourage you to consider what could you do to develop a training program to train your soul to receive the love of God in a fresh way. And can we all just pray this? I want to pray first, all of us together, if we could just pray a prayer, just say, Jesus, would you show me? Would you help me develop a training program for my soul? Because I want to be filled with your love that leaks out wherever I go. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. And God, just, you know what? Everybody just with your eyes closed and whether you're in this room or watching online, I want to pray another prayer. It's a prayer saying yes to Jesus. It's saying yes to receiving the life of God living in us. That is then the power of God, the Holy Spirit that dwells in us, that enables us to then begin to cooperate with his transforming work of developing God's love and God's joy and God's peace and the fruit, the fullness of our life that our soul was made for. You're saying yes to Following Jesus is a way that we receive the fullness of God's spirit, his presence filling our soul, that vessel. And so can we pray together online and pray in the room? Let's say, Jesus, I say yes to following you. I receive your life. Fill me. Thank you for a new start today. Amen. Amen. God, we give you thanks. We give you praise. We honor you. And God, I thank you for the new thing that you are doing in the hearts and minds and the lives of your people. Amen. We hope today's message encouraged you. If you want to take your next step in saying yes to Jesus, you can always contact us at cty.lc slash next step or fill out the next step section on the City Life app. It's an honor to play a small part in what God is doing in your life. We look forward to connecting with you soon.